0: This morning, our scripture reading comes from Isaiah chapter 50, beginning in verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher, that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning he wakens, wakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me, who will declare me guilty. This is the Word of God. For the people of God thanks, thanks be, to God. be to God so imagine this scene there are two people that are talking one's calmer the other one's anxious the anxious one's talking about all the terrible things that COVID-19 is causing they're talking about how this virus is spreading and we don't know where it is and people are getting sick and some are dying and who might get it we don't know and as they continue to talk about it they say out loud you know Just talking about this is making my palms sweaty. Well, the calmer person says, well, that's all true. But, you know, we also know that if we self-isolate and we practice good hygiene and we wash our hands like they say, our chances of being infected are really very low. If we just stay home and don't have the interaction until this blows over, the other person's still just shaking their head no and wringing their hands. So the calmer friend tries again and says, well, you know, There's so many benefits to this we do have this time at home we have family we can spend time together or we can call people and friends or check in with other family we can play games we can watch a movie or read a book or try a hobby the other person says well i don't know i just i just can't seem to concentrate the calmer friend says well how about this why not try prayer or meditation, maybe even yoga? They have videos. If you don't know how to do that, you could watch one of those or you could just sit quietly. And the person says, I don't know. I don't, think I, I don't think I can. As we talk about, my mouth is kind of getting dry. <laughs> I think I might be getting it. And finally, the calmer friend is exasperated and says, well, if you have such a dry mouth, why don't you start licking your sweaty palms? It's a little weird, probably not a good idea in this situation. But maybe you can relate or identify that all of us are recognizing that these days are so different than what we're used to. And this social distancing that can feel like isolation is making our feelings and our emotions and our thoughts go in all kinds of strange and weird places. It is affecting all of us. One day, one person's feeling fine and one of their friends or family member's not doing so well. Then the next day, they've switched positions completely. Isaiah is in a situation where things are changing in the, his life and the life of his community of faith. And he asked a question in our reading today that relates to all of this. I put it in your outline. He asked, who are my adversaries? Who are my adversaries and of course what we recognize in these days is that some of those adversaries come from within us and others come from outside that we can feel attacked in any number of ways and certainly isaiah and his people are in that situation perhaps you've found yourself realizing that some things you thought were really important have kind of faded into the background now maybe you're doing some reevaluating about priorities. It's a good discipline for Lent anyway. But I think, as I talk to people, that surely there's some sorting out of what is most important and how we manage ourselves during these trying times of crisis. What has it been like for you? Have you experienced so, some of those ups and downs? Have you felt like maybe you're being attacked or there's adversaries that you need to contend with? Dr. Cynthia Cynthia Rigby, who wrote the book Holding Faith and was here a few weeks ago to be our lecturer, writes about how this is kind of a common experience. Now, she wrote and published her book back in 2018, but I want to read to you what she says about times like these. She says, in every era, people have experienced crises in faith. Our time is no different. Though our crises have, as all crises do, particular shapes, globally we have lost confidence that we know what to do to keep people safe and healthy. All around the world there are people who start every day by picking up a newspaper and scanning it for the latest. And she put terrorist attack. But now we would probably put coronavirus outbreak news. It is a good reminder, though about what she wrote, that in every era there are things we have to contend with, adversaries, attacks. Now, they don't all take the same shape as she said, but adversaries nonetheless. In our passage today from Isaiah, his people have been attacked by a foreign power. There has been an invasion. They've been taken off into exile. They certainly are feeling the effects of that. And yet they are fighting to keep their faith alive. In these times where our sanctuaries are empty, it can be discouraging and depressing. And yet last week I shared with you what another said, that what love looks like in this crisis is empty sanctuaries. It's steps we're taking now that are different than we normally would, but still are steps of love and care and devotion to one another within the community of faith, I believe these steps really are saving lives and we're doing the right thing when we self-isolate, when we stay at home, when we keep our social distance, even when we are in places where there are a few other people. Because you see, our lives do not have to be empty of faith, even though our sanctuaries are empty of people during this crisis. I am seeing so many different examples of people living out their faith, even in these circumstances. One of my friends, a member at a former church, posted her experience recently. She said, to start with, that she's been striving to listen closely to God's prompting in this time of crisis. She's really trying to be sensitive to what God is saying to her in this time, even though it's so different. She said on Saturday, last Saturday night, she had baked several loaves of bread. And then on Sunday, she noticed her neighbor as she was looking out the window, working in her yard. So she decided, she thought maybe God was prompting her to take her neighbor a loaf of bread. So she wrapped one up and went out to the yard and said hello and handed the bread to the neighbor, then stepped back. As soon as she handed the loaf to the neighbor, the neighbor looked at it and then burst into tears. Turns out it was her birthday. The first one since her husband had died a few months earlier in an automobile accident. And because of the social distancing, no friends, no family coming over to celebrate that day. She was out working in the yard just trying to keep herself busy and keep her mind off the sadness that she was feeling well they talked for a while my friend leslie thought perhaps it helped and she went back inside but then later on sunday evening she had another idea remembering that this woman who's living alone now said it was her birthday she called up some neighbors told them it was this neighbor's birthday, said, would you meet me out front of her house? We'll keep our distance, but I've got some cupcakes. I'm going to put a candle on one. Let's go sing happy birthday. So they all showed up in the front yard, knocked on the door, and when the woman answered, they broke into happy birthday. One of them stepped up and gave her the cupcake. She got to blow out a candle and at least had a few people remembering that it was her special day. I think it was the prompting of God. And all of us can experience that, even in the midst of an epidemic. I believe that is faith alive. I believe that is love alive right in the middle of this virus, this epidemic, this pandemic that we're all living through at this time. I think God is at work. Are you listening? Are you ready to respond? Isaiah was listening. He was ready to respond. He was the one chosen to speak to the people for God. And yet he is not just spared the heartache and the attack that he describes in the passage this morning. Did you hear what he said in verse 6? I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. He's being attacked. He's being humiliated. Maybe he's being tortured. And he is the one who is faithful. So often we get confused that if we're faithful, we don't have to experience all the terrible things that might happen in a person's life. But Isaiah is a good lesson for us. His faithfulness does not spare him. As I said earlier, this is Palm Sunday. We're moving into Holy Week. As you read through the Gospels and read the stories about what happened to Jesus during this week, oh, he has this triumphal entry that we're celebrating today. But then things begin to turn and get darker and darker. He is finally deserted. His friends and his disciples deny they know him. The Jewish leaders, the leaders of his religious faith, turn on him he's handed over to the romans they misunderstand and mistreat him jesus the anointed one of god is not spared sometimes instead of calling this palm sunday we call it passion sunday instead of holy week we say this is passion week it comes from a root word pathos or pathos meaning suffering because we're walking with jesus over these last few days where he indeed is suffering emotionally and physically as people abandon him, as people turn on him, as he's physically beat, stripped, and finally hung on a cross to die. Jesus is not spared. The story is not that somehow God magically intervenes to rescue Jesus from the cross. He goes to the cross and dies. The main part of the story is that God is with us. Even in the midst of the struggles and our sufferings, and even in the midst of death, God is with us. Did you notice how Isaiah takes that same turn in verse 6? He describes his abuse, but then do you hear the first part of verse 7? The Lord God helps me. I put it in your outline. I want you to remember that even in times of suffering and difficulty, the Lord God helps us. He repeats it again in verse 9. He says, it is the Lord God who helps me. Can you hear the good news? That God is with us and God can strengthen us even in difficult times. Cindy Rigby tells the story in her book of when she was only 22 years old. She took a job as a youth director she was a student still working as a youth director at a small church she says in northern new jersey wasn't a big job she said when she got there only four kids in the youth group but then unfortunately just a few weeks after she arrived there was a problem there was a high school right across the street hundreds of kids this little church had four of them they worshiped less than a hundred people But one day at the high school, two boys got into a conflict. One shot the other one. He died. All of a sudden, the high school was in trouble. Cindy heard about it. She went over to talk to the principal. She asked, could I invite any students who want to talk about their feelings and process their grief to come over to the church, the next youth group meeting? The principal said yes they made the announcement and to Cindy's surprise over a hundred youth showed up to a church who averages less than a hundred who only had four in the youth group before all of a sudden more than a hundred are there Cindy said for seven weeks in a row every week when youth group time came over a hundred kids came flooding in Some of the adults in the congregation volunteered to help her because the numbers swelled so much. Boy, there was excitement in that congregation. People began to say, we think this is a movement of God. They began to talk about what kinds of ministries they could do, how they could work with these kids, what lives might be changed. And then those four kids who had been in the youth group began to complain They didn't like it so much that there were so many kids there. And then some of the adults began to complain that these kids didn't act right. In fact, one of them said, I saw somebody spitting tobacco in one of the plants. That's no way to behave. That's not acceptable. Cindy said resentment began to spread like wildfire across the congregation. And one night, a self-appointed adult from the congregation decided to come say a word to the youth that were gathered. It was clear by the time that adult was finished that those new kids really weren't welcome at that church at all. And the next week, Cindy said, I was no longer a hero, and we had four kids at youth group again. Nothing like wasting a good crisis. I think the church didn't hear this word from Isaiah. What if that person who spoke the negative word could have trusted that God really was at work? And listen maybe for God to speak through that young youth director. Maybe a word of hope and encouragement. Maybe God could have done something almost miraculous in their midst. Isaiah says in verse 4, The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. What if that small church could have trusted God to speak through Cindy Rigby a word to sustain the weary? That's what Isaiah is saying. He believes in God, and he believes that God can sustain them even in the midst of the crisis through which they're going. Words can sustain us in crisis. Words can sustain us. We say this is the word of God. We don't mean it's some kind of verbatim transcript. We mean it's the words from the people of God. Describing the experience they've had of God speaking to them and moving in them and speaking through them and moving in their midst That's the word of God alive in the community of faith. Isaiah is saying listen God is here to help you. God is near. God will sustain you Unfortunately that small church in New Jersey could not break out of their comfort zone I think they didn't hear this good news from isaiah that god can sustain us even when we are weary maybe especially when we are weary maybe especially when we are afraid and struggling maybe that's when god comes closest to us remember isaiah also says before he stops here let us stand up together Isaiah's believing in God, but he's also believing that the community of faith can best stand when they stand up together. That's a good word for us. Even in these times where we're separated, we are in a crisis. We are feeling distant and maybe even isolated, but we can still stand up together, I think. Last Sunday, I suggested to you that we might reframe this time as an opportunity to find God in solitude. We're hearing the other side of that this week. It's saying we can find God when we stand up together. It's solitude and solidarity working hand in hand. There's so many examples. Reverend Venable mentioned several of them in her prayer. People writing cards of making calls of doing something kind for a neighbor. I've seen people posting music on Facebook and pictures to cheer other folks up. I've seen parents sharing with other parents activities to do in these extended hours that everybody is at home together. I even saw a granddaughter teaching a grandparent how to have a FaceTime call so they could see each other even when they're talking at a distance. So many ways that we can stand up together even though we are separated in distance With God's help, surely we can stand up together and share a sustaining word. May our actions make it so this very week. Amen. And thanks be to God.